And welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we are going to expose some of the tackiest and counterproductive gimmicks that job seekers are using in this day and age. If you are using these gimmicks, stop it. I'm going to tell you exactly what they are. And if you're not using these gimmicks, you'll never try it because you'll just see how silly they are. At bare minimum, you'll be entertained by this episode because I'm going to have some fun. I will make sure to give you a substitute if you are using the gimmick or just because you want good resume writing principles, I'll make sure to inject some positivity into this episode as always. So without further ado, this is a mini-sode, so let's launch right into it with the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. All right, so here are the gimmicks that I recommend none of you use on your resumes. And I looked up what the word gimmick was before starting this podcast because I was going to use that word many times. So a gimmick is defined as, quote, a trick or device intended to attract attention, publicity, or business. So it's a trick. It's a device, something that's quick and dirty or cheap. And this is what many job seekers out there are doing. I'm not saying it's you, but listen, I get it. And I think this definition does a really good job because... Yeah, we're all trying to attract attention on our resumes, right? We want to stand out against the dozens or hundreds of people who we are competing against in any given job application. But the problem is, is when we do it the wrong way. So when we do things very quickly or we don't spend much time working on it, people know that we are not spending much time. People know that we are being cheap. So what I recommend instead is using good resume writing principles, which I will interject after every single one of these gimmicks here to make sure that we are standing out in the best possible way. So without further ado, I've chosen three gimmicks to avoid. I've used alliteration in all of them, like Crazy Chris or Fickle Fagan, uh, to make sure that you remember them. So the first gimmick that I'm going to go over today is the Keywords Cram. Yes, cramming keywords in your resume. And I heard a story, and this is where the gimmicky part begins, but I heard a story of a job seeker who what he would do is he would take every single keyword, so let's say 20 or 30 or 40 keywords that were geared towards the positions he was applying for, and he took those keywords, he shrunk them down to font size one, and he made it white font so it was completely invisible on the resume he copied and he pasted it at the bottom of his resume so only the quote-unquote applicant tracking systems would pick this up when i first heard this i was like oh my gosh this is crazy i can't believe that somebody would do something this insane and then i heard another person who did the same thing and then i heard a friend of a friend who said oh wow yeah i heard you could just take your copy and paste your keywords and just make them invisible isn't that something cool? Isn't that something that you'd recommend? Oh my gosh. No, I'm not recommending this at all. And in fact, I think it is going to bite you in the butt. And it just, ugh, it just almost disappoints me that this is something that's spreading around the job seeker community as something good to do. The reason why this is bad is because it's almost like if you were to send an email to somebody with a very catchy subject line, you know, the spam emails that you get all the time. And then you open it and it's something that you just weren't expecting. You're disappointed. The same thing happens because at the end of the day, someone is going to read your resume, not just the robots. And I get it. We need to make sure we're including keywords within our resume 
But we can't forget that humans, the hiring managers, are the ones who at the end of the day decide whether or not to bring us into the interview. So don't do something like this because it just doesn't work. It's corny. And once you do get found out through some sort of parsing within the applicant tracking system, it's just going to be a bad day for you. What to do instead? I call this the subtle keyword stuff. So yes, you should make sure that you are including keywords within your resume. And so what I recommend is integrating those tactfully throughout your professional experiences section, your summary section, and even the skill section, which we'll talk about later on in this episode. So a way to do this, and some may call this a gimmick, but I think it's classy if done the right way. But what I've done before in the past is I have included a keyword before every bullet point. So let's say product development. So if I'm speaking about a bullet or speaking about something that I've done before that had to do with product development, what I will do is I'll physically put the keywords product development before that bullet point and then let the bullet point run itself. The trick is you need to make sure you do this with every single bullet point following that. Otherwise, it's just going to be inconsistent. So you can do it tactfully. And the reason I say that this is not a gimmick is because it takes a lot of time to do this well and a lot of thought versus a gimmick, which takes no time to try to stand out. So go ahead and try this the next time is try to subtly integrate these keywords and you'll make sure to start getting some more results. All right, gimmick number two, crazy color or funny fonts. Either you're filling your resume with many different colors to try to garner attention or using some tacky font that doesn't really look good. Job seekers are trying to do these things to stand out at the click of a button. And my thing with this, if you're choosing colors to stand out, is you never know what your resume is going to look like and you just leave too much room for subjectivity. Maybe somebody just really doesn't like the color you've chosen because they... I don't know, had some crazy memory of the color pink and have never liked the color pink ever since they were five years old. I am a huge black and white fan. Yes, I know it sounds boring. Yes, I know a lot of people are rolling their eyes because they see these cool templates on Canva. Well, I'm here to tell you that the black and white resumes are the ones that are getting results. Now, quick caveat there is, yes, if you're applying for design positions or let's say just ones that are more geared towards visuals. So UX, I don't know, maybe you're applying for a graphic designer position. Yes, it does make sense to include color. But then again, I would say that that's your area of expertise and you have been honing that skill. For the most part, for most people, I recommend 95% of the cases to include a black and white resume. And if you so choose, you can include one auxiliary color to make your resume pop a little bit. I'm not saying to include two different colors. I'm saying to include probably one, either a blue or a red, something that is probably on the darker side, so it's more neutral. Font-wise, picking funny fonts is something that a lot of people do. Please do not pick wingdings. What to do instead, pick a font that you know is going to be easy to read for most people. And if you are highly against Arial or Times New Roman, here are four fonts you can choose to make your resume stand out that look classy. Verdana, Georgia, Garamond, and Futura. I think that's how you pronounce it. Futura, Futura, Futura. Somebody correct me. So pick any of these fonts and you will be in the clear 
And that's what to do instead of choosing something crazy. All right, gimmick number three, inserting infographics. All right, this is one that I hate to see on your resumes, and I'm seeing it more and more. When we are inserting infographics, or I hate to say it, the dreaded skills bar, it is doing nothing, and I mean nothing, for our resumes. Again, I understand your need to want to stand out when you're including things like this. Pictures are pretty, and um, especially if we're, you know, we're applying for a more you know, hip, trendy company, a lot of us are like, oh, I want to make sure that I look like I'm not boring. But again, to the last point, this leaves way too much room for subjectivity. It is corny. Like I said, I don't think that they look good. I've never seen a skills bar or an infographic that's looked good. And the danger of this is that when you are including something like a skills bar, so let's say we have three different skills and one of them is like your best skill and another is like in second place and the third one is like your lowest on the skill bar. Like no one puts skills bar and they're all at like a five. Even though, we, even though we want to, a five out of five. But what you're doing is you're putting too much emphasis on the fact that you lack within a certain skill. And that's what a lot of recruiters are going to see when they're looking at that skills bar. The other reason for it, and this is what really puts the nail in the coffin for me, is that these things are not very ATS friendly. So applicant tracking systems are scanning for keywords, not pictures on your resume. And when you include something like an infographic or a skill bar, and most resumes are just being scanned by these applicant tracking systems, it's just going to take up space and not really add much to your resume. I'm not going to go so far as to say that your resume is not going to get scanned at all. Some people do believe that. And I think sometimes ATS myths are being perpetuated too much. So I'm not going to go that far. I don't know every ATS. But I can tell you with confidence that it doesn't really help get through the ATS sorting process. So again, focus on good resume writing principles. Have a skill section within your resume. That's something that I do recommend. And emphasize the skills that you think are most important for the job posting. Once again, almost gimmick, but not really a gimmick. This is just a good thing to do is include a skill section and include. So let's say you're applying for a job posting and you know that the number one skill is JavaScript. So what you can do is you can take that JavaScript and put it at the very beginning of that skill section. So you're just messing with the ordering and push it to the very beginning so that people will read that first. Again, people are really scanning resumes quickly. And one thing you can do is place more emphasis on it by playing with the ordering just a little bit. This is something you can do without including a skills bar or an infographic, and it's just going to help make your resume better. All right, honorable mention. These are other gimmicks to avoid, which I will not spend too much time on because they're not as bad as the top three, but still pretty bad. The first one is pictures on your resume. Do not include pictures on your resume, and thankfully people are doing this less and less, even abroad and overseas, but I don't care how pretty you are or how handsome you think you are. Pictures just do not belong on a resume, and it doesn't look good. It takes up space, and at worst, it actually opens up things for discrimination. And my recommendation is just to keep things very traditional and do not include that picture on your resume. Number two, honorable mention, QR codes. Listen, I think QR codes are really cool, and especially during the pandemic, I liked how restaurants would include QR codes to scan menus and things like that. But on a resume, this really is just something that takes up space. And I get it. Like, if you have a portfolio or something that you think that recruiters or hiring managers should see, 
instead of including that big bulky QR code, I would include a hyperlink to whatever website or project you're working on. And that can be one of the best things you can do to continue to engage people. And number three, not really a gimmick, but a, a, a crappy thing that I see a lot and I would recommend against it is submitting your resume or cover letter in anything besides PDF or Word. People do not want your rich text files. They do not want your .pages files. And 90% of the people who receive those, whether it be a recruiter or a manager, will not be able to open it. And it's just frustrating. When you're saving your resume, make sure it's in PDF or Word. That's the best way to get your resume sent over. All right. In closing, I do have one call to action, something that I think would be cool. If you are a hiring manager or if you are a recruiter, please post this episode and tag me. I'm Chris Villanueva, CPRW on LinkedIn. What gimmicks have you seen, whether it be on this list or off this list? And yeah, if there's anything that I did not mention that belonged in this episode, let me know because I'm very curious to see what is out there and what is being perpetuated. So post this episode on LinkedIn and tag me. I'm Chris Villanueva, CPRW, and I would love to hear some of the other crazy stuff that you're experiencing out there. All right, that concludes episode 222 of the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next Monday. Career Warrior Podcast. And for more on your job search, please make sure to check out Let's Eat Grandma's website at letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. That's where you can find her blog, attend job seeker events, and learn more about her awesome resume services. Let me just say, I'm happy you're subscribed on Apple or Spotify, but you are missing out if you haven't seen the additional resources on our website. Once again, that's letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. And please don't forget to leave a review. The support from my fellow warriors is what will help me get noticed and what will help the algorithm so other job seekers can discover us too. I promise I read all the reviews and you will just make my day. That's all. I'll see you next episode this Monday morning.